One, two, three, four, five, let's go! From the plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Cajun country, this is Fade 5 from Vans. I'm your host, Jamie Ray, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. We have got another wonderful show lined up for all of you out there in the podcast universe. But before we get to it, I want to take a minute to introduce a new feature on the show, and it's going to be called Fan Shoutout. So it's a small way that I get to highlight uh, the listeners who support the show and who show their appreciation, and who I want them to know they are loved and recognized. So starting off with today's fave fan is actually two people, two podcasters who I started following and fell in love with. Yes, I am, of course, talking about Hope and George from the Fright Club podcast. They're an amazing couple. They're so talented. And I mean, it's just it's just so hard. We could do a whole show about how talented and, and wonderful they are. But guys, thank you for putting me on this path. Just can't tell you how much I appreciate you. You are this episode's favorite fans. Thank you, folks. Now, today I've invited Shark Lover and our very own Joseph Alberts, aspiring glass artiste, Jennifer T. T. Jen, as we affectionately call her, to discuss our fave five Wonder Woman episodes. Wonder Woman, satin tights, fighting for your rights. I know y'all all dancing if you have heard that. I that am. I mean, you can see me. I'm right here dancing. I'm loving it. Oh, thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. T-Jen has been on the show before to discuss shark films and our favorite Trek characters. Um, and we're, we have an upcoming Complete Disarray episode one day where we're going to talk about RoboCop. But we haven't filmed that one yet. Um, we don't have the right drinks for it yet. But... She just had a birthday, yet she never ages. Aw. Yeah. Such a lie, but I'll take it. Thank you. I don't know how that is. Anyway, I'm so excited to have you here again, T-Jen. Welcome back to the Plastic Microphone Studios. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. I am very excited to talk about one of my favorite female heroines of all time. Right? And we are, of course, talking not only about a fictional character, Wonder Woman, but also the incredible, dynamic, amazing, beautiful, just all-around wonderful person that is Diane Carter. Hi, see, I got you. It's Linda Carter. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say anything. I know. I was like, it's, it's my I show. I call you out on your podcast. No, you but. should. That's what it's for. <laughs> I was going to see if you caught it, but I figured you would. <laughs> so, as you may have, uh, you know from other shows, TGN uh, and I, we've known each other whew, for a while, and we love movies, and we love the 80s, and even some stuff from the 70s. Yep. And so when it came time after we finished our uh, strong uh, Star Trek female characters, this was, it was your idea. Yeah. 
and it was just the next logical step. So Absolutely. why don't you tell all 12 of our listeners out there what it is about Wonder Woman and Miss Carter herself uh, that you love so much? Well, she was really the first heroine I was exposed to. Um, I mean, I was born in 76, so the series was actually already on at that point. So I didn't really catch Wonder Woman until I was a little bit older. Syndication and, and everything like Thank that. Thank God for syndication. Um, but I loved everything about her. She was beautiful. Um, I wanted to be just like her. However, at 5'3", that was never going to happen. But that was okay. I didn't know that then. <laughs> uh, I thought the lasso of truth was amazing and that she could stop bullets with her her bracelets and she always did everything with a smile and a good heart and it's just it's awesome and there is a picture out there uh that i know you're familiar with oh am i yes mm, yes okay. it's a, it is a picture of me in wonder woman under circa 1979 <laughs> <laughs> and i love this um she, she is right um your mother actually approached me because she was trying to put a gift together for you and God bless her, Jackie was not an internet person. And she just, how can you get onto that eBay and find me? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, I can. Mama. And then she came up with that picture and I'm like, oh my God, this is better than the thriller video. Um, but, we don't um, talk about thrillers. Yes, the first rule about thrillers, we don't talk about thrillers. <laughs> but um, yes, so I'm very familiar with that picture. But you have a love not just of that because... Um, she is such a powerhouse and she can sing and she can act and, but, but she was also very formative for you as well. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have a, a strong affinity for history. So anything that I enjoy, I like to dig in and learn more about, you know, either the, the story, the characters, the writers and, and things like that. And, you know, in, in the eighties, nineties, there's not a lot out there that you can really dig into because the internet hadn't really gotten really big until the two thousands. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can read about wonder woman, about, you know, everything they went through. She did some of her own stunts and, and uh, that did not go over well with executives. <laughs> um, she was a formidable voice on the set and, and had some input on what wonder woman, her character did and things like that. She was also the highest paid, uh, and so, which was even unusual for a female lead to be higher paid than like Lyle Wagoner, mm -hmm. who, uh, was a, a known actor from Carol Burnett and things like that. Um, and she made more money than him uh, at the end of the series. Right, and, so. right. Absolutely. And it seems foreign to us to think now, but you got to remember this was 77, 78, 79. Um, she was a trailblazer for female actresses who were coming up and, and showing that you can be strong. And she may have paid a price later in her career for that and, and some other things, but uh, you know, her, her portrayal of Wonder Woman was spot on for the time and a lot of fun to watch even now. Right. Right. And, you know, before we go too deep into this, uh, this whole, you brought up about her doing her own stunts. Um, one of the things that I want to make sure get a shout out to is a uh, Jeannie Epper. Absolutely. Okay, because and if you're fam if you're not familiar with the name Jeannie Epper, um, pretty much any time Wonder Woman or Pr Diana Prince had to do something dangerous, uh, it was Jeannie getting okay. on there. She um, was actually I looked at looked it up. Both she and um, Linda were both five foot nine. 
They had almost the exact same body proportions. And um, she was just, I mean, she was phenomenal. She would do all of these stunts. And I'm sure about going back and watching these videos, it was a very physical role sometimes. You know? For its time, absolutely. You know, and there was no CGI in the green rooms to make things look better. No. She jumped off of a of a van. She jumped off of a van. She rode a BMX a dirt bike. She, you know, there's we're gonna get to it later, but there was this one incredible stunt that I swore had to be they used like a, a dummy body, but watching it you can see her actually moving and flipping, and I'm like, holy crap. So, but anyway, yeah, we definitely got to give this effort. Um, she is one of the uh, trailblazing stunt women, uh, stunt persons, I should say. She's been in over a hundred films and TV series, uh, and she is one of the main reasons that my girl Zoe Bell yep. is, is where she is. I shouldn't say because it's it's Zoe's uh, own presence and everything, but she brought her to the U. Or she came to the U.S. and stayed and trained with her yeah uh, someone has to open the door mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's right that's right so uh, i was reading actually a very interesting story about uh about uh, Jeannie epper's son okay. uh was saying that her mom was his mom was wonder woman oh okay? yeah. and and nobody in the class believed him so linda carter invited the entire class to come to the set oh. to see them both in in makeup and in costume and everything like that wow and i thought that was super cool i hope it's true but you know it is on the internet so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you get a chance, there is a documentary out there from 2004 called Double Dare. And that is the story of, of Jeannie and it also when they bring Zoe Bell in. And you know, it's got some really cool stuff. Uh, some really, uh, there's actually um, some footage, and I'm going off here, but there's some footage of Quentin Tarantino and Zoe Bell meeting for the very first time. And, you know, it's just amazing to see the. That, that was that forming that relationship right there in front of you. But uh, we could talk about Zoe Bell all day long. But um, anyway, so uh, Miss Epperis, uh, I don't believe she's, I think she's still active as a coordinator, but she is uh, 81 years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, she is one of the best, you know? So anyway, so swinging back to Miss Linda Jean Cordova Carter. Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to see how far you go. Um, she actually got this job just a few years off of coming from her Miss World USA crowning in 1972. And she was in the top 15 in the Miss World of that year. And so she has had a lot of, um, a lot of different things. She's done the acting. She's done, you know, she still sings now. I think that's kind of country music's her passion right there. Um, she was married um, twice, uh, I believe, most recently to, to Robert Altman. Um, and I think he just passed away, like, I don't know, 20, last, last year maybe. And before that, she was married to Ron Samuels. And she has two children, both from uh, Bob Hartman, Jessica and James. So anyway, okay. So one of the first things I want to put out there before we even get started is yes, Linda Carter is incredibly beautiful. Okay. Now, having said that, I don't think you could have come in, come in and taken this role and done what she did with it with just a pretty face. And she is so much more 
than just a pretty face. So let's just get out of the way, get it out of the way. Yes, she is a walking goddess. She has the best genes that I think we've ever seen. I mean, she's 71. Looks fabulous. Yeah, yeah, just amazing. Um, But a crazy aside is that when you think about it, a lot of women tried for Wonder Woman. mm -hmm. Um, The entire uh, Charlie's Angels tried for Wonder Woman, and they didn't get it. Of course, conversely, she tried for Charlie's Angels, and she didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you think of some of these other actresses, you know, Farrah Fawcett, very big names at the time, Mm -hmm. Jacqueline Smith and things like that. And can you see them in that role? And for me, the answer is no. No. No, you know, Linda Carter you. made it her role. She is Wonder Woman. You know, no offense to Gal Gadot. I think she did an amazing job and, and I love her as Wonder Woman. But, you know, it's kind of like the Batman argument. Right. You know, Michael Keaton's my Batman. Linda Carter is my Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Christopher Reeves, my Superman. There you go. That's the yep. hill I choose to fight on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, before we get started into it, I thought it was very interesting. And you just brought up Gal Gadot. So there have actually been six, uh, seven different women who have been Wonder Woman on screen. Who have attempted to be Wonder Woman. Right, right. Who have portrayed (laughs) Wonder Woman. So we've got, of course, Lena Carter back there. We've already talked about her. Then we've got uh, Ellie Wood Walker, who was uh, played her in, what's it called? Who's Afraid of Wonder Woman, I think. It was like a 67 pilot that they were trying to do right off of Batman, and it just it, it didn't work. And then there was a, a young lady named Dawn Zuleta who was in a movie that was about Batman and Robin in South America. And even though she wore the Wonder Woman outfit, she doesn't put it on until the very end. And I don't even think she is Wonder Woman. I think she's just dressing up as her. We've got uh, Kathleen Crosby. Yes. You know, which yes. could have been really, really cool. Then we've got uh, Adrian Palicki. From um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. She had that, again, was a pilot. Didn't do very well. They dropped it. Megan Gale was actually, uh, did screen tests. They were going to do uh, Justice League Mortal, I believe it was called. And they were going to have some of the cast that we have now in the Snyderverse. And she was going to be Wonder Woman. And then, of course, we've got Gale. And, um... I think it's, it's got a pretty good, you know, um, range of people that have played her. I think probably Kathleen Crosby is the, the the one that comes out of the pack as being different because she was right. blonde and she had a different type of uniform and everything. But um, she also, if you ever watch that, she had a very different presence about her. Yes, she's she's a, a good actress, and she was a gymnast. Correct. So she has a lot of that physicality that she brought to it. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll talk about more about their uniforms uh, later on as we get into the show. Um, let's see. Okay, so so we've told the story about the underoos, um, <laughs> and it is told repeatedly at holiday <laughs> gatherings. I just want to let the and if you won't that. kill me, I'll put the picture up. Uh, you can put the picture. All right, awesome. <laughs> and let's talk just a little bit about your newest love, which is the art of stained glass. And yes. you, you're, you've been in that for a little while now, but I think you're starting to kind of get serious and uh, knowing that you've got some talent to it. I, I don't know if I have any talent. I just, I really enjoy it. And it has drawn enough blood that I want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so maybe one day I'll do a Wonder Woman stained glass from my window. Ooh, but, that would be cool. Yeah, but I, I need a lot more practice for that. <laughs> yeah. So did you get the, uh, 
Joseph Albers reference? I did not. Yeah, that's a famous, uh, you know, stained glass artist person. I, I didn't know, but that's what, I'm honored. Yeah, well, you should. You know, I did. I did my homework. It's, you know, there you go. Um, so I would love to. I'm going to take a really good picture because Tjen did my logo in stained glass. And I've got a glass on glass mosaic. Okay, there you go. See, <laughs> she's got all these fancy technical terms. You know, I don't know. I just think it's crisped up glass. But um, okay, well, I think if we are good, then maybe we should go ahead and get started this wonderful episode. Yes, yes. Right. The honorable mention. Oh, most honorable mentions. The one that almost made it, but not quite. Right. Or, <laughs> but we know not in this case. So bad that it had. Couldn't go without Correct. being mentioned. Correct. But this one, no, there's there's all love. So I understand that you have an honorable mention that is actually an art. Yes. So yes. Um, let's talk about your honorable mentions and mine. And then I want to talk a little bit about what we did to decide what our favorites were for this. And then we're going to start going down the list. So please, T-Jen, give me your honorable mention. All right. My honorable mention comes straight up from season three. Uh, episode 20 and 21, it's The Boy Who Knew Her Secret. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, Aliens uh, entered the picture. This is not the first alien not invasion first. or alien appearance in the Wonder Woman uh, you know, uh, lexicon as far as the TV series goes. Um, but it was, it was very interesting because you had aliens, you had Shapeshifter, uh, you had aliens that seemed bad, then you found out that they were good. Uh, maybe, maybe, but it was all very confusing. And you have this teenager who, who actually witnesses Diana Prince turn into Wonder Woman. Amazing. That didn't happen more often. Well, there was a moment in season one. Um, but it was another, it was an alien who saw, so it really didn't matter. <laughs> okay. That's true. <laughs> but you know, what was interesting about this two part arc was even for me as a child watching this, I realized that it was symbolic of the end of the series. Yeah. You know, because once a, a main character's identity has been compromised, usually that that's an indicator that the season's not going to be renewed. Right. You know, it's the equivalent of a, uh, you know, a sitcom bringing on the five-year-old child to look really cute at the end of the final <laughs> yeah. season because they're desperately trying to boost ratings, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the hair was phenomenal throughout oh. both episodes. Oh, my goodness. That feathering, mm -hmm. man. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't come close today, you know. And, and that's one of the things that you say, uh, that's around the time where she was wanting to get out. Uh, and I don't know, we don't have to dive too deep in that, but her, her singing career was what she really wanted to do. Right. So that that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it like that, but you're right. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it was a decent story. You know, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, there was elements of Stepford. You know, these aliens took over the bodies of the humans. Mm -hmm. You know, there was the shapeshifter that was actually a prisoner that seemed almost Superman-esque. You know, you're, yeah. where they were being hunted down by other aliens who's been chasing them for thousands of years, you know, <laughs> and trying to return them to galactic justice. You know, yeah. there was a lot to unpack. And, uh, you know, watching that, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And then there's this little bit of a cliffhanger at the end when – you know, Diana realizes that this kid who knows who she is, she tried to wipe his memory because that was one of the things, one of the things she could do with the lasso truth. Right. The upgraded um, lasso. The truth. upgraded. Yes. Um, there were many upgrades over three seasons mm -hmm. <laughs> and the transition from ABC to CBS. But, but the interesting thing about that was she re realizes as she's dictating 
that he has recorded uh. his notes because he wants to be a writer. The, oh, then there's the whole after school special part of it where his parents don't appreciate him, but he really wants to be a writer. And she tells him to believe in, in himself. There's there's so many fun little things yeah. about this two part episode. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. And it's almost like a. Uh, a hug. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a it's a Wonder Woman hug, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is ending soon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and that's how I describe it, and that's why it's my honorable mention. It's not my top five, but it's like, oh. Uh, don't use a T word. I'm going to come up with like one of those little foam uh, uh, bricks, and I can throw it at people when they that use would the T word. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's my fave. It's not in my fave five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good one. Um, I remember that episode. Didn't make mine, but it was on my long list. So I'm with you there. That's the only one you have. Well, right? it's a two-part. It's a two-part. So there's a lot so going on. But I, I know you have two. I do. And I actually made two-parters as one episode because I just kind of feel it was the whole story. And, and you know, so uh, my honorable mentions are the first being season three, right after this, not right after, but right after this. Phantom of the Roller Coaster. Okay. Yes, and this has got some really cool guest stars. Uh, it's got Jared Martin mm-hmm. playing dual roles of the, the, the brothers. Yes. Um, who you may know from Incredible Journey. Uh, that it's got Mark Alamo as the big baddies middleman, henchman, <laughs> which, of course, if you're a Star Trek fan, you know we are. That's Goldacott. And my boy Ike Eisenman as Randy from Escape from Witch Mountain. Oh, and okay. return to Witch Mountain. Yeah. Very good. And also Star Trek. Yes. So, you know, Scotty's Scotty's nephew. But uh, So this is basically, again, a two-part episode. I, I needed to go back, and I didn't, to see which one came first, Phantom of the Roller Coaster or Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> because, I mean, aside from the superhero, they're pretty much the same thing. Um, no, but so in this episode, you've got Jared Martin, who uh, has this wonderful... Um, amusement park with the super loop roller coaster. Uh, it's called fun universe. And you've got this other kid, Randy, it's like Eisenman, who is just a huge, uh, roller, uh, coaster fan. And so three things are going on. First of all, David, who designed most of the rides for the park and stuff died in, in Vietnam. And then you've got gangsters who want to buy the park. And I say gangsters, they're bad guys who ultimately want to use the park because of its, I think it was its location to where they could listen in on things going on in, in Washington, D.C. And then. Because, yes, that is where spies want to be. Right. You know, a roller coaster with no noise. No noise whatsoever. So they can listen uh-huh. in a neighboring Yeah, area. I thought it was flawless. flawless. <laughs> um, I but, love the seven. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. All kinds of continuity issues and stuff in this show. So if you're one of those people that wants to pick something apart, Wonder Woman is not for you. You've just got to sometimes just, just. I mean, come on, we're talking about a 2,766-year-old Amazonian princess. So get with it. <laughs> uh, the second one is that Randy, uh, after going to the park as a chaperone for a bunch of kids, goes missing. And then third, uh, there's a monster at the park. You know, as we all know, um, this is the episode. I don't know if it's the first, but it's definitely the best for me uh, at the beginning when she, when Linda, sorry, when Diana has been charged to find out um, 
the names of some people uh, who are doing nefarious items and she gets her car jimmied with. And as the bad guy takes off, she does her worst swirl into her Wonder Woman BMX outfit. <laughs> steals a guy's motorcycle. Not asks, but steals a guy's motorcycle and takes care of Very evil Knievel-esque. Very, very much. Very much. Um, so she finds out what's going on and then slowly everything starts to kind of come together. And you find out that uh, Harrison Finch wants to push out, you know, the guy uh, Leon and get take over the park. So they're going to plant a bomb, but then that doesn't quite work. And then they decide to use this special little device, which I don't know. You, are you familiar with this episode? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So they, the, he's, he, he, Pierce is going to show Finch, look, We've got this bomb, and you can put it on metal, and then you hit the button, and it goes, woo, 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 and you can pick it up and literally <laughs> bend the metal. And it's like, we're going to put that on the roller coaster. That's great. Well, where are you going to put the other one? Oh, yeah, that was actually the only one. So, uh, never mind it. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? <laughs> All the time, uh, Randy is walking around the park trying to find somebody's lost ticket. He falls in a <laughs> trap that drops him down. And he finds the monster, which, surprise, surprise, nobody didn't know was coming. It's actually David, who has been horribly disfigured and has come back and makes sure that the park runs without anybody knowing he's there. And this is the episode that Wonder Woman takes this incredible fall from, I don't know how tall it was, of course, with camera angles, but this thing had to be four or five stories tall, at least. And, and Jeannie is just, she... She falls backwards. She does kind of a, a twist and whatnot. And I'm sure she landed there, but they turn it around so that she jumps right into the bad guy and knocks him through the glass windows and stuff. So again, watching that one, I was like, Holy crap, you know? Um, anyway, it ends up of course with the, with the Hallmark moment where Randy is going to become the new protege of uh, David, the scarred up Vietnam vet and Leon and David are reunited. So, Oh, so. <laughs> it's a good choice. Yeah. It's, it's a fun episode. It that's, is. It's fun. That's the thing about all the Wonder Woman episodes. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm going to talk to uh, talk about. We'll be getting to our fives. So my, uh, I have one more that, um, honestly, when it came down to, to, to picking my honorable mentions, I picked this one for the hair. Okay. And I, I just, I've got, I've got to say, I respect that. Well, don't respect it yet because um, <laughs> I'm talking about season two, episode 19's Seance of Terror. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. So she ends up putting her hair up into this horrific, <laughs> like, and I love William Cat, but like this, this nightmarish William Cat hairdo to, to, to go into this World Peace Conference seance and you've got like a Polaroid camera that this kid uses that that's supposed to show a psychic photograph and whatnot. So it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, episode. Again, it's, it's a little spooky, but uh, it falls short a couple of times. Uh, there's this one fantastic scene where they get the drop on Diana and they tie her up and put her onto one of those conveyor belts that like drop sand on and she can't get out. But like, she's, She's this wide herself, and the belt is only like six inches wider on each side. Yeah. And she can't roll off. You know, it's like, <laughs> again, no continuity is not a problem with this show. Um, 
But this is one of the episodes I again chose it for the hair because this was so bad. Um, so bad that it's good. It is. But this is also the episode where Iraq, Iraq, has figured out that Diana Prince is Wonder Woman. And we'll talk more about Iraq later, the uh, information retrieval associative computer that uh, Wonder Woman works with in, in later on in the 70s and 2 and 3. Uh, but, but that's where he pretty much has finally put it all together. And you're like, well, of course he is. He's like the smartest computer in the world. You know, he figures it out. Well, yeah, and... You know, in pre in a previous episode, he talked with her. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then there's another one later that we talk about where Diane is not supposed to get information. Oh, that it's this episode mm-hmm. because when she comes to him and said wants some information, she's on probation, and he's like, Steve Trevor has informed me that I cannot give Diana Prince any information, and she's like, Oh, he says, but I can give information to Wonder Woman. <laughs> He's like, oh. So, yeah, if a computer could wink. Right. You know, that was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that leads right into, you know, our our Faye Five. And uh, for me, I loved all of these episodes. And if I would have had to, you know, to make a decision based on, you know, which one had, had the favorite, I mean, had the best script or the most believable action or whatever, it would have been terrible. I wouldn't have been able to do it. So what I did is I just went through all the episodes and remembered uh, episodes that made me uh, feel something, you know? Yes, yes. And um, That's so, the best way to watch anything in the 70s. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, so again, if you know the show, you, you may not agree with either or any of our choices. I do feel that we're going to have at least one crossover, and I'm... I, I'm, I'm going with the two. two. I think we're going to have two crossovers. Okay. I think we're going to have one for sure. Two might be... I'd be there, but, um, so anyway, so, so sit back and, and get ready for our Faye five and they're our favorites because we just love Linda Carter. They just are. We they're just, just are. our favorites. Yeah. So TGN, if yes. you can gear up and give me your fatal number five, which is kind of a, a justice league reference from the okay. comic books, but anyway, <laughs> lay it on me, sister. All right. Well, coming to, uh, coming at you straight from season two, episode three, the man who could move the world. Mm. Uh, this was so. This was a really good episode. Um, season two was a, a pretty big shift in tenor. Uh, they moved from uh, ABC to CBS, and they went away from the campiness and tried to make it a little bit more serious. And they went from the forty five from the forties to the seventies, right? Yes. So, it, which definitely probably made their their costume budget cheaper. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but in this episode, it had all the elements of 70s um, social thoughts, social, mm-hmm. you know, social reckonings, as it were. Uh, the main character, uh, Sheeta, who's is the bad guy, or he starts out that way. Uh, he's telekinetic, which, full disclosure, I always wanted to be telekinetic. When it came to superpowers, <laughs> that's what I wanted. I didn't want to be rich. I didn't want to be Lex Luthor. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to fly. No, thank you. Yeah. I wanted to be telekinetic because I just wanted to close doors on people. I thought that'd be fantastic. <laughs> now he is the famous Japanese actor um, who I always wanted to think that he was the one from the Six Million Dollar Man episode where he was stuck on the the, the island for a long, but it's not him. No, but also guy. in this episode though is James Hong, who is one of the most prolific yes. 
mm-hmm. actors ever, but also definitely the most prolific Asian actor. Right. He has his own studio and stuff like that. He shows up. It's a very small part for him, but uh, the other guy, uh, the Ishida character, is telekinetic. Um, uh, the U.S. government creates this machine that melts perfectly with his mind right. and makes it so that he can do all kinds of things. And now, is this the one where he can control the missile? Uh, well, he controlled all kinds of things. You okay. Know. Well, that must have, because there was one where they, they had like a helmet that no. somebody could wear. No, no, no. Okay. This is the one where he, it's a box. It honestly looks like a transistor radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, saving money, I guess. But, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, he's, you know, there's a scene where they go to his house because they're trying to find him. And it's like a shrine to Wonder Woman memorabilia of the 70s. There's oh, wow. coloring books. There's a little Barbie. Sell that know. stuff. I, I mean, it's like Stalker Central right there. <laughs> and he's got his family sword. And she's like, what is this? And, you know, Steve Trevor Jr. Because he's the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Steve Trevor because we're set in the 70s. It's like, wow, all this stuff is, is so old. It's probably worth a lot. And I'm like, okay, cue the endorsement for merchandising and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, basically he was in an internment camp and he was trying to escape and Wonder Woman, he thought, uh, uh, caused the death of his brother. Right. They were trying to escape. And, you know, you go through the whole thing. He's angry. and He's you know, trying to exact revenge. So he's going to control Wonder Woman with his mind and make her step on a landmine mm. like his brother, quote unquote, did. And she's talking to him and like, no. It wasn't like that. Your brother's alive. You just don't know because you ran away. I tried to save, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I know what happened to you being in, you know, in an internment camp is wrong, you know. Uh, so there's some social, you know, justice there and, and right. things like that. And, and then there's the the key moment where, uh, you know, he, he he has the chance to kill Wonder Woman. She basically says, I'm, I'm taking off my power. Do what you want. You know, and that's a dramatic moment. And they're looking at each other and he's got his sword and he goes and he can't kill her. Ugh. You know, and, and actually that was a pretty good moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a fire. They got to go s- save uh, Steve Trevor. and Junior. Oh, yeah, Junior. So, I'm so going to do that a lot. <laughs> I know, yeah. So he's not a bad guy after all, right. is, is to sum up the episode. Although I really feel like he would have gone to jail. But, you know, it was the 70s, maybe not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, and, and, and there's some, and then he and it turns out his brother was alive, but because of his anger and that he ran away instead of accepting help from Wonder Woman as a child, he missed out a lot of years, but she was able to reunite him. So there's, there's so many different little messages and stuff there. And she's just like, you know, that that classic Wonder Woman smile, she's got that smile, yep. yeah, the smile, you know, and I just I enjoyed that. You know, uh, it was just a, it was a good episode. It was a lot of fun. Had my favorite telekinesis. Right. You know, and in the end, you know, Wonder Woman saved the day and he got to see his brother. So it was, it was a good ending for everyone. Nice little schoolhouse yeah. rock ending. So that is my favorite final five. All right. Well, my five, number five, uh, is from season three, about halfway through season three. Uh, it is the episode starring Odo himself, <laughs> Rene Aubergenois, mm-hmm. um, playing Master Thief James Kemble in the episode Spaced Out. So, again, don't look for these things to make a lot of sense. But Master Thief breaks into the Torrance Aerospace uh, Observatory or something, (laughs) slides down a la uh, Mission Impossible, and (laughs) pulls out this tray with three crystals in it. Of course, setting off an alarm. For him to get away, he throws them into a uh, crate 
that is headed to Space Questacon in Los Angeles. <laughs> and he manages to get away. So then now he has to go to this. It's basically a huge Comic-Con for, you know, space stuff. And find Sylvester Grogan, who was receiving the box. And in the meantime, um, you know, Diana is, is dispatched to find, you know, these, it's kind of stay in the same hotel and stuff. So Kimball breaks in to this actor who was playing the black Avenger with one of the worst. I mean, the costume wasn't that bad, but he, he literally had like a ski mask on, I mean, as his mask. But uh, so he takes that guy out and ends up, you know, get swapping out. So he's trying to get there and, uh, there's a there's a bidding war going on, and uh, anyway, he's able to um, elude Wonder Woman for a while, and then finally, I, I know this is going to be hard to believe, she's able to thwart Odo himself. Wow! Yeah, and uh, saves the day. So uh, anyway, it's a cool episode, mostly because you know back in the seventies, like that, they're nowhere near the cons. That we know now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was cool. I want to say it wasn't Robbie the Robot, uh, but it was a robot almost exactly like the one from um, from Forbidden World. Forbidden Planet, I mean. And uh, that was kind of cool to see. And then everybody else, their, their stuff was made up, you know. Well, you know, interesting that you mentioned the costumes. In Wonder Woman's run, <laughs> the only nominations they got for her anything was for costumes. Right. And rightly so. Those, I mean, not rightly so, but those costumes are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Although I will say Linda Carter got a little bit of her her recognition at the TV Land Awards. Two thousand and four, she actually won for best superhero. Oh, that's or awesome. super superhero, whatever. So I'm I'm like, okay, that's a better award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's better than an Emmy any day. <laughs> any day. <laughs> okay, so that's my number five. T Jen, why don't you give us the four horsemen of your favorites. I'd rather give you my fantastic four. <gasps> That's Marvel. <laughs> That's awesome, Jamie. <laughs> so you. here's the thing. My number four could easily be my number one. Okay. Uh, with some of these episodes, I had to toss a coin, you know, uh, for me, uh, this is season one, episode 14, wonder woman in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this was great, not just because it was it was a fun story, but there were some great guest stars in here. You've got Deborah Winger. Uh, this would be her third uh, appearance as um, Wonder Girl, essentially, as Wonder Woman's Drusilla. little sister. Uh, fun fact, um, she bought her way out of the contract because she did not want to be Wonder Girl and turn down a spinoff. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Instead of being all in those angsty movies of the 80s, uh -huh. she could have been Wonder Girl. <laughs> Um, I, I maintain she was too short <laughs> and I can say that because I'm short. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like, it's a, a expert opinion. Yes. There you go. Um, and, but also in this was Carolyn Jones, which you should know her as Morticia Adams right. from the Adams family. And she played one woman's mother in space. The of second of three, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and sends her back to go ahead and, and tell, uh, you know, Diana, that it's time to come back for the bicentennial or quintennial or whatever it was. Yeah. The big 2000 year celebration. Uh, and and to get a nice bowl of ice cream. Well, yeah. Hot dogs and yeah. ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and basically it's, it's Hollywood and this producer, 
uh, is taking real soldiers who have saved the day because this takes place in during World War II, uh, and they recreate their their greatest triumphs, you know, saving lives or cap- capturing Nazis uh, because capturing Nazis is fun. Yes, <laughs> that's all about what World War II was, and. Uh, and the whole thing is, is they want to go ahead and sell war bonds that way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you come to find out that the producer is a Nazi. Ah, they were everywhere back then. In this, yes, uh, definitely in Wonder Woman land. And uh, the Ford uh, soldiers, they want to capture them, take them back to Germany, and try them as war criminals as a propaganda move, which honestly is next level brilliant and yeah. could be used today. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Long story short, Wonder Woman, you know, saves the day along with Wonder Girl and the guy, one of the soldiers who is really a coward, uh, you know, comes to his senses and kind of saves the day. Uh, and, and it, you know, that was the happy ending there. And Wonder Woman pretends actually at one point getting hurt. I remember as a child seeing where she gets shot and grabs her shoulder and going, <gasps> Yeah. Wonder Woman can't get, oh my God, what happened? Wonder Woman can't get hurt. What, 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 you know? And then she goes outside and then she, you know, takes her hand off her arm. She's like, oh, I was just kidding to see if that guy would, would get over. It's just a ketchup packet. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, no, I, I was not okay with it. Uh-huh. But the whole thing was really fun. The fake German accents, uh, the conspicuous and large amounts of alcohol that everyone was consuming in every scene. I really wonder if there was alcohol involved in shooting. Did anyone get chloroformed in this episode? No. Shockingly. Yeah. So it didn't miss one of the standard seventies tropes, but, but it was a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just like running around and looking fabulous. That's a great way to describe this episode. Okay. Uh, And I love Carolyn Jones. So anything that has her as a guest starring episode, I'm all in. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a good one. Um, I didn't actually have that on my list, but I kind of remember it. Um, so I will have to parry that one. I'll have to make a uh, an, a space reference. And I think you touched on this just earlier, because in season one, in just a few episodes before this one, we are giving our judgment from outer space. Oh, yes. Nine and ten. Nine and ten. So we uh, are judged by, well, not just Andros, but by a council of alien planets who go around to uh, worlds that are kind of on the cusp of getting out into outer space. And we've already been, you know, to the moon. And so they come up and they've already decided we're just too savage and warlike, (laughs) which we are. But, yeah, but uh, it, it's like first contact, but if you fail, you're destroyed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so instead of allowing the council to do this, Andros, who's played by Tim O'Connor, which we, you know, if you know Battlestar, I mean, oh, uh, yeah. Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers, you know, yep. yeah. Um, so he says, wait a minute, I want to go down there and interact with these people. Now, you got to remember, it's September 1942, so right in the middle of the war. So he goes down and is with the Americans, meets Wonder Woman. And then as he's trying to learn about what's going on, eventually Wonder Woman, he get kidnapped by the Nazis. And so now he's on the other side of the war and he's still kind of making the same judgment that, you know, these guys are basically both bad. These countries, you know, are both warlike. And then little by little, she's actually able to uh, make him see that the Nazis are the bad guys. They're the aggressors. 
and America, you know, da, 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 is, you know, out to save everybody. <laughs> There's a lot of red, white, and blue. Lots. <laughs> yes, yes, there was. Um, so, I really have to say that I chose this episode because of several things. One of which being Tim O'Connor. I mean, I, I just he's, he was a wonderful actor. I mean, he was right in his prime, and um, he, he plays that 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 judgmental. Uh, you know, which is funny because he was the, the only one who wasn't ready to write him off. You know, he, he wanted to go down there. Uh, incredible costume, you know, that, that silver uh, flame retardant, whatever. And, and the LED yeah. uh, amulet <laughs> yes. that blinked with the leopard print. <laughs> leopard zebra. I don't even know what that was. Yeah, and it, was, it, it could hypnotize the ladies, too. Remember, he had that. We brought it to the party and, you know. Yeah, that got a little weird at the yeah, end. Yeah, it did. <laughs> How did you know that, man, baby? <laughs> that was definitely seven yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised we didn't hear bounce, bow, bow. But um, anyway, great episode. Really loved it. And but I got a funny aside, which you mentioned okay. about Buck Rogers. So, of course, when I do these with you, I go ahead and refresh the episodes to remind me of what I enjoyed about it. And I was watching it. And my husband comes into the room. And he's like, are you watching Buck Rogers? <laughs> I was like, no, it's Wonder Woman. He's like, but that's. And, and then, you know, she comes in, but it's got the space feel and everything. And he's just like, never mind. And he walks away. <laughs> he just doesn't know. No, it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> OK, well, I think it is now time for you to pick up your trident of favorite your number three and lay it out before us all right number three for me my number three fave uh is gonna be season two episode one return of wonder woman um like i said basically the series went from uh, abc to cbs and it shifted it lost some of its of its humor it tried to be a little bit more serious and in this first episode you know it's basically setting up the season and, and explaining what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's back on Paradise Island and life is wonderful, but uh, Steve Trevor's facing terrorists and they try and... Junior. And, yeah, <coughs> Junior. <laughs> uh, you know, his plane's about to crash, but they go ahead and bring it down. And, and she's like, oh my gosh, he looks this like a man I knew, but this was 30-something years ago, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and basically she asked her mother for permission to go back and so there's Look, this- mom, he fell out of the sky. Can I take him home with me? <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. No. <laughs> you know, but okay. So there's a scene in there that I absolutely love in its falseness. Okay. <laughs> so uh, her cousin challenges her to a bracelets and bullets duel. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. And that will determine who goes to earth. Okay. Uh, who goes to America. To America. I'm right, sorry. Okay. Yeah. To America. And, you know, and they're all smiling and they're hugging and, and they do the little duel. And of course, you know, Diana Prince wins, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they're all happy for each other and clapping. And I'm like, yeah, you've never been to a basketball game with two, you know, or even a game of horse with two girls and they miss the shot and, and there's some cursing and there's some anger. There's an eventual high five, but never right in the moment. Nope. There's some bitterness there. Oh, it's so know? happy I lost to you. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I would never want to lose to anyone else. That is a lie. Yeah, straight Women out. are just as competitive. Maybe Amazonians have evolved beyond Well, that. they are, you point. know, several thousands of years, you know, without guys. Yeah, so, so they're much more calm. Yeah. 
you know, but you know, so that that whole thing was was great. It was fantastic. It's actually very female positive if you get right yes. down to it. It was way ahead of its time. Um, but then there's also the other scene, the robotic fencing. Uh, they're the bad guys. So basically, there's this terrorist group that's trying to to stop them. And robotic uh, fencing. <laughs> there is. I know. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and the bad guy, Doctor, I think Solomon. Solomar, something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he loves Solana. Solana, thank you. Um, He loves to fence, and he has this robot that he fences with. That oddly looks like a cross between a a male fembot and one of the creatures from that Voyager episode. Yes. Yeah, okay. That blocky Mm -hmm. face thing. With a little... I like almost mohawk of oh, metal. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and then, you know, so when he wins, because he can beat a robot, that's perfect. Right. He says, but if we lose, there's a little nuclear reactor in here and we'll just make it blow. And it'll take half of Washington, right. D.C. So you get to the end. Of course, Wonder Woman stops all kinds of plans and, you know, uh, and, you know, saves the day to a certain extent. But the only way she can save Steve Trevor. Go ahead. Junior. <laughs> is to fence with this guy. Right, it, it is doc, the doctor. It, well, it think. starts out as the doctor, right. yeah. He goes into a cave hey. and pulls out, because, yeah, you carry all of your fencing gear with oh, yeah, you wherever right there. you go. I know I do. Yeah, well. It's in my know, car right now. I, I feel like, you know, I've heard of people that do stained glass on mm-hmm. road trips. But sure, why not? I just, yeah, pointy objects moving. I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, they're fencing, and then you realize it's a machine, mm-hmm. and that he set off the nuclear reactor. So she takes the... Machine man. Okay, but wait. But before they do that, I hate to interrupt you. Okay. There's this scene where she is beating him <laughs> and goes to, to to like with the foil, and it goes to take his hair off, <laughs> and then when the, the camera backs to him, it's his whole oh, mass. Yeah. And he's got this much bigger head, <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't look like it fits it's there. The best they could do. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So she's. Well, it's almost as bad as her taking Metal Man, mm-hmm. throwing him into the... Who was cave. oddly pliant when she threw him. Yeah, he but, was, you know, yeah. the whole dead weight thing didn't really <laughs> no, apply. didn't really work. She throws him into the cave, not that far, nope. tells everybody to run, and evidently this mini nuclear reaction doesn't even cause the cave to cave in on itself. <laughs> kind of thought there was going to be a guy going... Oh, I'm so getting my money back for that nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, where's the Geiger counter? Yeah. There's got to be a Geiger was, counter scene. There's got to be. Where is it? So oh, but it, I mean, it was fabulous. Just, you know, Wonder Woman fencing, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, Wonder Woman fencing. Well, she could do everything else. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't spin around and have a Wonder Woman fencing outfit on. Oh my gosh. That would have been what? awesome. Like with the little mask mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that would have been great. It would have had the, the red star right on the top of the mask. Yeah. yeah. That would have yeah. been good. Yeah. yeah. See, you should have been writing for Wonder Woman. I know, episodes. right? <laughs> no, I love that one. That's a great episode. Um, I actually will parry that one. With, oh, you I like that? that? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> With um, an episode from from not too farther out, still season two, episode twelve. Now this is one that I I really remembered, but for when I when I went back on this to rewatch it, I now I chose it for a completely other reason. It's um, the deadly toys. <laughs> okay, do you remember this episode? Vaguely. Okay, so. 
three scientists have been replaced by androids. Yeah. Because they have collectively refused to create a devastating weapon known as Project XYZ or XYZ Nightmare. They call it both things. And I love it where the first one, he's up in front of like the, the group of all of the people together and he, I am, we will not, and then he like melts. <laughs> this is what she's got to fight later on. Um, Velveeta Man. Yeah, Velveeta Man. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to get right to it. So, so first of all, uh, there's a guy named Hoffman who is played by the wonderful Frank Gorshin. Uh, he, he plays an old man and he plays an old man just hilariously. I mean, <laughs> so could tell he's not an old man, but just with Gorshin with everything, he gives his everything to this role. And he is a toy maker who creates these androids. And he's amazing because these androids are spectacular. But the bad guy is the, his name was Dexter. And he was played by John Morris. Now, um, he, later on, he would be in the Star Trek Voyager episodes, the 37s. Mm-hmm. And he would also be on Angel as a recurring role. But I'm re-watching this, and I'm like, holy crap! That's, that's the fridge horn player from The Car! <laughs> and, now, are you familiar with that movie, The Car? Yes. Okay, so do you remember the French horn player? I don't. Okay, so he is a guy who, he's a hitchhiker, and he's camped out in front of the... Um, the, the main town drunk wife beater guy and he's playing it. And the guy comes out and like, get the hell out of here. You hippie, you know? And, um, the car, which is possessed by the devil almost runs him down. Right. And he, I think flips him off or he says something <laughs> to him and the demonic car stops <laughs> and backs up and hits him and runs over him. And then goes forward and goes backwards and goes forwards. <laughs> Like the French horn is like flat, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, because that was really a pivotal scene for me as yeah. a kid. I remember it. And I'm like, oh my God, I knew right away who it is. I had to go and look it up. But um, yeah, so so that's why it's on there. So this is uh, another great episode, but it was kind of, I don't know, miffed. For, first of all, there's a lot of cool toys in it. For, at one point, Diana is uh, attacked by a toy plane. That has like real guns and real, you know, missiles on it. Um, but the coolest thing in this episode is that Diana Prince shows up to meet Dexter, even though she knows he's the bad guy now. He doesn't know that she knows. So she gets taken to a secret location, which is the basement of the toy maker, to meet a Wonder Woman lookalike. Now, of course, they don't know that she's actually Wonder Woman. So she has to pretend like she knows them. So there ends up later being this incredible Wonder Woman on Wonder Woman fight. (laughs) Um, Girl on girl violence. (laughs) To this day. No, anyway. um, (laughs) But going back and watching it, and and there's a guy on YouTube um, who I want to talk about later on, but... He said the exact same thing. They're fighting, of course. And, and you know, Jeannie, I'm sure that was her. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, they're both the exact same size, the exact same figures, you know. So it really looks like Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman. Uh, and even my little, you know, seven, eight-year-old body knew that, well, that's something going on there. Um, <laughs> but every time they would, they would tussle, they would 
flash over on the cameras to one of the toys all over the place, like the monkey clapping the cymbals or the robot or whatever. And I'm like, get away from those. You must see Wonder Woman by Wonder Woman. So uh, it was a it was a cool scene, and then once again, I, I was a little infatuated with Eric. Um, he starts dropping hints to Steve Trevor about, um, hey, you know, he I think he asked her he asked the computer, what do you think I should get Diana for her birthday? And he's like, I have no idea, but maybe you should ask Wonder Woman. And Steve's <laughs> like, yeah, no, never mind. He goes off, and I'm like, oh God, Steve, come on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it. The deadly toys. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. So I think it's time that you reveal your dual identity. Nice. Number two, favorite Wonder Woman episode. My number two favorite Wonder Woman episode in all of its campy seventies. Everything is season one, episode seven. Wonder Woman versus Gargantua. <laughs> the <Okay>. gorilla. <laughs> the gorilla. The gorilla who I am convinced was in the same suit that was used in trading places. I'm I, convinced. I'm not sure of that, but I'm pretty positive it was the one from the Gilligan's Island episodes. Could be. <laughs> it, it, Could be the same guy. You know, there is actually an actor who I came across it one day looking up something. He plays the gorilla in like every 50s and 60s gorilla he's like in in all of the laurel and hardy and the bob hope and everything that was a crazy gorilla this guy was him oh, wow he, he even had his own suit he was like they were just calling hey rob we need you to be a gorilla i'm on my way <laughs> am i a mean gorilla that's my motivation <laughs> that's my motivation here well, yeah, I mean, this this episode was, was fantastically yeah. campy. Yes, so um, And that's the thing about season one is it really didn't take itself that seriously right. for the most part. It wanted right. to feel like a comic book, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. and that was the, one of the interesting things is that talking both to Linda Carter and Lyle Wagoner, they asked them if the series could have gone on longer than season than season three. They both agreed that if they'd stuck to staying in the 40s with that campy format, that the series would have lasted longer. And it actually technically never got canceled. CBS just didn't renew the contract. Yeah. You know. Um, But, okay, so this, you know, you've got the evil Germans who trained. The Nazis. (laughs) They trained this port. We have trained the gorilla. I can't even say this without laughing they trained this gorilla no monkey no they not have the banana <laughs> they like nine nine thing, you know bad monkey uh, i'm sorry <laughs> please tell us the story <laughs> but no seriously so they trained this gorilla you know to hate wonder woman Ugh. you know this extreme pavlov reaction you know, and then the gorilla meets Wonder Woman, and she's like, "Oh, you poor gorilla! This is so horrible. What did they do to you? Trying baby. to be your friend, <laughs> you know." And then, you know, after their first meeting, the gorilla kind of stops hating on Wonder Woman because he's like, "Oh, Wonder Woman's sweet." Now, let me just say, the only thing this episode was missing was quicksand, maybe right. a dream sequence. Who, who was it? Jane, uh, um, the John Mulaney, who said. Growing up, I always thought that quicksand was going to be much more deadly. Yes, to yes us no, than it was. You know, but you're right; that was about the only trope that was not in that. That episode. was not in that episode. Yeah, you know. And then you know the end, the big fight sequence, and you know Wonder Woman's, you know, like I'm your friend, and the gorilla finally is like, oh yeah, you are. 
And, and and that's that's pretty much the end of it, you know. Oh, I hate seeing you in this cage. So she rescues him from his cage and brings him to Africa, where he gets to roam free. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, the camera pulls back, and he's like, "Hey, guys! Oh crap! I don't know how to interact with them." <laughs> exactly, you know. <laughs> Dead like five minutes after she gets back on me. Oh, At God. this point, the invisible prop plane to go back to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so, it, look, it was just that's really fun. grateful. I, that was nowhere near. That, was, that didn't even get on my top fifty. But oh my, you're right. It's such a fun. Now, is that the one where she jumps up and is like spinning on a on a bar, like a pipe or something? No, and then she flips to get. I don't think so. No, okay. I remember there being that. Oh, I know which one it was. It was the one with the guy with the helmet. Yes, uh, that could control stuff. She's at a bar. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It was Jim Cotta, part yeah, two. Yeah, part two. <laughs> it's not the other time that she was in a barn uh, where she had where she met uh, Roy Rogers. That's, yes, yeah. and where she had to wear more clothes because yes. he was offended by her attire. Yes, yes. So. But that's a different one and not my number one. So oh. I think I need to hear your number two. Did Roy Rogers make the cut? He did not make the cut. Oh. But I don't, I hope I don't bore you with my number two. <laughs> is there a pun there? No. Dang. But it is. <laughs> Also, the return of Wonder Woman oh, from season okay. two, episode one. There we go. Our first crossover. There we go. I told you we'd have at least one. I'd be surprised if our number ones are the same, but we'll see. Uh, it might be. But from what you've been saying, I, I don't think it's going to be. Anyway, so you've already talked a lot about this. Okay. Yes, she spent 35 years uh, alone. I mean, away from Steve Trevor. And that's when you find out that after World War II, she has to leave and go back, you know, to, to Paradise Island because the threat's over. Uh, and he's kind of brokenhearted, but then he's thinking at least, well, you know, at least that Diana and I are friends. And, you know, and then she, Diana gets transferred away too. And so, you know, he ends up basically dying of a broken heart. Well, here's the thing. You or being think, murdered by a broken heart. I don't know how you want to say it. Well, fair enough. But yeah. here's my thing. He had enough time to have a kid. Yeah. So kudos to him. But don't you think if you were so high up in the intelligence community, you could have figured out where Diana got transferred right. to? I just don't think you tried hard enough. No. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so, again, like you said, Steve Jr. has taken <laughs> on a role as an agent. Again, now it's against terrorism. It's 1977. Terrorism's the big threat. Who, who would know still in the 2000s? It was, you know. um, so there are a bunch of them on a plane, private jet. And um, the the bad guys, uh, Doctor Solana, ha- can see inside the plane, and he's already rigged it with like a gas, and so he's going to try to make it crash. Well, instead, as the pilot goes down, the plane is going down. It gets close to Themyscira, in the and, Bermuda Triangle. In the Bermuda Triangle, and so th- the Amazons are able to use their magnetic shield to to take control of the plane. And the jet plane, which they've never seen before, <laughs> and land it safely with everybody on board not being hurt. And that's when Diana's like, hey, I know this guy, but this can't be him. You know? <laughs> and then you find out it is. And then there's, you know, talks about it. But so the important thing to remember is that the magnetic field was able to catch a plane that was moving it re- really, really fast and <laughs> safely landed. Okay. So we remember that. There's another part, too, though, Jamie. I know. Well, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Uh, It's hard to find good henchmen. It is. It is. Okay. So, Wonder Woman then meets Steve Jr., and she learns all about the outside world again, and learns that 
she's got to, like you said, go back. And she beats her cousin, and then she gets the pew, Wonder pew, Woman 2.0. <laughs> it's a slightly different costume, um, yeah. a little higher up on the uh, hips. And uh, um, the eagle is a little bit different shape. But most importantly, her tiara now has a red jewel in it that she could use to communicate. And now her lasso not only makes you tell the truth, but it can also wipe your memory. Right. Right. She's uh, Wonder Woman 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. And then later on, there's a 3.0, but I don't know. It's 2.5, maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> so they then decide, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to use this, hypnotize or whatever you want to call the crew members, put them all back asleep, and then they're going to, it's going to be, it's been two days. So they're going to shoot the, the plane back up and it's going to fly back and then they're going to wake them up. And so to do this, what they're going to do is they're going to take uh, wonder woman to fly the jet who they've never seen a jet before two days before. <laughs> and she's going to fly it to take off and following her will be her invisible jet based on the designs of the, sh- the thing that they just learned about two days ago. Okay. And then she's going to leave from his plane onto her plane and follow behind him and make sure. At no point does someone go, um, maybe we could use the magnetic shield that caught a plane and landed it <laughs> and use it to make a plane take off. Yep. No, no, no. This was a much better plan. And, you know, it did work. But <laughs> um, And then this is where we're also introduced to um, Iraq. For the first time. Yes, yes. And there's this wonderful scene where um, Diana, uh, who's made up, I think they did like a, a, a sub-hypnotonic, uh, a hypnotic suggestion that Steve would automatically not remember her, but yes, would yeah. trust her. They, they, they said, uh, you will uh, trust that, that she has been fully vetted through the yeah, military and it. everything like that. But and she can't do that to Iraq. So she, after going in, she, goes, she kind of breaks back in. And forces her information into Iraq, um, which I thought this was kind of kind of interesting. Okay, because this is where you start to see that this computer kind of has a personality. Because what he does next, she says she has these coins that uh, the the queen gave her, and she needs to go sell it. So can you give me the name of a reputable guy? And he sends to probably the low lifest. I mean, just a horrible guy. He tries to give her like I don't know, ten bucks each for him, and yeah. they're worth like twenty five thousand dollars piece. Uh, so it makes you think, wow, Iraq was kind of a jerk, but you know, okay, okay. Well, he was very that. polite. He was he very polite. Said, he was. "Wow, you're so friendly. I have been trained." Yeah, I tried. This you know, tested. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So this whole subplot, you know, you kind of already done with Solana. Where, uh, so first of all, Solana is played by Fritz Weaver. Um, who was in, yeah, famously in Failsafe. Yeah. Um, he was in the X-Files a couple of times as a senator. Yep. And he was in Demon Seed as well. So uh, instantly, I was like, oh, I know that guy. I just couldn't remember where I did. Um, Beatrice Strait had taken over the reins as um, Prince, uh, as Queen. We just call her the Queen. The Queen. Um, <laughs> and, and you know who she was, right? Yes. Okay. I, I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, that's the lady from Poltergeist. Yes. And sure enough, it was. She's like the leader of the group that comes in. And the when you were talking about female and female, you know, empowerment in this episode and everything, even the bad guy was a bad gal. Yeah. You know, played by Jessica Walters, Carla, um, who everyone will know as being um, the mom from 
um, uh, break, uh, but your enthusiasm, curb your enthusiasm. Yes. You know? And as I'm, I'm writing it, I recognize her, but I couldn't figure out before. I just wrote, who is this bleep? And <laughs> <laughs> rhymes with which. <laughs> uh, you know, and she's a, a well-known character actress because she's been in a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. I went back and saw that. She's like, you know, in all of it. Well, a lot of these, that's the great thing about a lot of these actors. They were on all the different shows. Right. Um, even sometimes on the same show as two different characters. Yes. Because you know? they did that a lot then. Yeah. For reasons I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is where they, they had the story and she, uh, when, he, when Steve talks about how beautiful she is, she goes, well, you know, I will be 2,527 <laughs> on my next birthday. And I was thinking, damn girl. <laughs> She aged well. Uh, she did age well, like a super fine wine. So not only does uh, Solana create the robot, he also has his henchmen um, surgically altered to look like Steve, um, who, as soon as he and Diana get um, alone, like just becomes an, an automatic D-bag, almost forcing himself on her. Oh, yeah, but that's you know, how she knew. That's how she knew right You're away. You're not Steve Junior. Yes, yeah, Steve Junior. But not Steve Junior. Not Steve Junior. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it's, it, again, and, and picks up the robot who was supposed to blow up half of Washington, and it doesn't even bring the cave thing. Yeah. Down, but, you know. That was disappointing. It, I, I wanted more boom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I will say, Wonder Woman's got a lot of boom. But um, <clears throat> anyway, I think that means that we are at our number one most wonderful episode. From our list, dying to see if it crosses over. Please give us your number one. It does, which means that I said there would be two crossovers. Uh I was correct. You were correct. My number one favorite Wonder Woman is a two-part Judgment from Outer Space, (laughs) episode nine and ten in the first season. All right. Uh, I just loved it. I mean, you know, you had them. You know, this alien who's trying to save us, who's giving us a chance. We're really our our savage ways are determining what happens to us. And then he gets to know the Nazis and he's like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> you know, and then they take away Both his of y'all are horrible. <laughs> Let me tell you, that one council member, and I, I don't know if she had a name, who was always like, let him die. Let you him know, die. I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> owes me money. Yeah. No. Yeah, there was definitely some backstory there, you know, because you can't dislike he someone o- that much. I owe him money. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Let him die. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, true to the Wonder Woman uh, theme, where they always try to find some redemption in characters, you know, you had the Nazi woman who opened the door and told them how to get to the secret tunnel that bypasses all the guards. Right. That was the one with the uh, childhood that he was able to. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so that was a great, uh, a great little moment there that showed a little bit more humanity for the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, we don't want humans to have the Nazis to have any humanity. No, not at all. But honestly, that also led to saving humanity because mm-hmm. it showed that they're all you know, of the humanity right right because yes. it, 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 it wouldn't work even though he agreed the nazis were bad it wouldn't work if there were no redeeming uh factors for the rest of humanity it can't right. be all diana's good because she knew socrates three thousand years ago or whatever it yeah, was they, were, they dated for a little while why you yeah. know it's there had to be more to it and that's and i just enjoyed the the daily plus loved that silver leisure <laughs> suit. I don't know what that thing was. It kind of reminded It was amazing me. is what it was. It really was with the zebra print medallion <laughs> and the LED lights that weren't LED. You yeah. know. I guarantee you that was hot on his chest. He yes. was like, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but it was it was a lot of fun, and it, it, it wasn't as dark as some of the things you see now. Because we we've had episodes in, in different TV series that have, you know talked about judging humanity, and it's really dark, you yeah. know. Um, this held true to the campiness of Wonder Woman. You know, it was just kind of fun. You're bopping along, and you're like, oh, I hope humanity doesn't die. That would kind of suck. Yeah, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Hugh Woman is going to be fine, though. <laughs> yeah, we must save Wonder Woman. You know, she's the only redeeming factor here, you know. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I just, I love that, and that's one I can watch, you know. Quite frequently, you know, uh-huh. and, and really enjoy it. So that's, that's good. my that's a great favorite. Toss. There you go. <laughs> so, my favorite. I'm very, very surprised. Did not come up. As a matter of fact, you were a little disparaging about it, Ooh. which surprised me, because my number one is season one, episodes five and six. The feminine, feminine mystique. Mis- yeah, yes. the appearance of Deborah Winger. Yes, the first the- appe- introducing Deborah Winger. Um, which actually was, it was her first TV appearance. Right. She had been in a movie called like Slumber Party 57 or something before that. But sure enough, <laughs> it says introducing Deborah Winger. So I have a whole nother story about Deborah Winger that, I, that I'm going to get into when we finish this one. But, you know, we've, we've kind of hit it on it. This is the one where Carolyn Jones is queen. And she wants to, uh, she sends Drusilla, her, her little sister, uh, who is played by Deborah Winger, very perky and short Deborah Winger, to go to <laughs> Diana and tell her to come home. I know that she's never been off the island, and she's probably only like, I don't know, 1,300 years old. So she doesn't have the same <laughs> experience that Diana does. But, um, oh, my God. She, like, she like falls for, for the guy who is the secret Nazi. <laughs> Um, she gets chloroformed by John Saxon, which let me tell you, John Saxon has a horrible, horrible Nazi accent in this one. And I loved every syllable of it. I mean, it's just, you know, and then she's, there's so many things about this episode that, that just struck a chord with me uh, watching it again in preparation. So first of all, you go to this whole thing about in the first, uh, episode how the queen had all of these things created for her this uniform and this lasso and these bracelets and uh, the tr and all of these things you know they're pretty much handcrafted for her okay and then when drusilla shows up um and she realizes that, that, that i think it was the general blankenship was getting captured she does the twirl and now automatically she's got her outfit on that has all of those same things and I'm like, what the hell? You know, it took it took the queen's uh, servants here, you know, 300 <laughs> years to mine the feminine, to make the bracelets and all this stuff. And all she does is spin around a couple of times. She's got her own outfit, you know? Oh, my God. She gets she's chloroformed. She gets tricked by the bad guy. She gives up the location. Though I will say, I always thought that she gave up the location by saying, oh, well, you just have to go here and here and here. Where, in fact, the Charles Frank's character... Um, was talking to her about the night sky and where all the stars were. And then they were able to uh, do a translocation of that and, and found it. But anyway, and so they, all the Nazis show up, you know, on paradise Island and they take all, the Nazis. all of them, <laughs> um, except the ones in the cargo plane that were coming later. Um, but they take uh, Carolyn Jones hostage again, and they make them all you know, dig up the feminine. And I, 
if you remember the very end of the episode, uh, Hera Colonel John Saxon <laughs> has his 45 uh, on the queen, uh, and he calls her like an old woman or something. Oh, them's fight yeah, words. Yeah, those right are fight there. words. And so she ends up going, Diana, here. And so Diana throws her one of her bracelets and she holds it in both hands in front of her, like, go ahead, shoot me. You'll see, you'll know what happens. It'll bounce right off this. And he's like, uh, okay, I give up. What? <laughs> Just shoot her in the foot. She can't put it back there fast enough or hit her on the side of the, you know, the head or what? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I love me some John Saxon. He was, you know, he was great. It's so many different roles. But um, my God, there was a lot of chloroforming in this episode. Yes. Uh, <laughs> was there quicksand? No. No, no. No quicksand, <laughs> regrettably. <laughs> um. So again, I mean, I, I, it, it strikes me funny that you don't really like the character. Um, as, I, I shouldn't say that you, you definitely don't dislike Wonder Girl. Right. You just didn't yeah. like the portrayal of it. No, I just she was she was the perfect little kid sister. Right. You Annoying know? and and naive and yeah. kind of gets in the way and you know so. So her character was interesting from that point. I think she would it would have been better if it had been a separate series. Yeah. I have never been a huge fan of the, you know, Superman, Supergirl, you know, okay. and, and the the younger cousin, sister uh, type dynamic. It has never been something I've, okay. I've terribly enjoyed. Um, so that's my own reason for just, you know, I'm like, okay, it's there. I'm fine with it. But I don't love it. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know. Um, it's more or less a construct issue. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. So there is a story I want to share, which uh, I thought was really cool. So several, several years ago, uh, Deborah Winger showed up on David Letterman's show. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing kind of like a London Fog jacket. And she comes up on stage and she's got these red boots on. That, you know, you're, you're, just, you're not putting all these things together, you know. So she's sitting there and she's talking about her latest movie and, you know, all of that. And then um, he says, well, I can't remember if he brings up Wonder Girl or not. I don't think he does. But anyway, I'll have to find it and tag it on here to the show. But all of a sudden over the intercom inside the studio, you hear, will the owner of an invisible jet parked in the red zone please move it before you're told? And she just gets this look on her eye and David Letterman literally looks at her like he has no idea what the hell's going on. And she stands up and says, I'm sorry, Dave, I've got to go. And she takes off the London fog <laughs> and she has the uniform wow. underneath it. And she just throws the jacket down and runs out, runs up through the audience and out the back door. Wow. And he just has this look on his face like, what the hell just happened? You know? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. Oh, it's, I'm gonna find it when we're finished here. It's it's almost as good as when Christopher Guest um, was strong and could do karate. Did you ever see that one? No. Oh my god, girl, we got all night planned. Uh, <laughs> but I did really like I did really like these episodes uh, that she was in because I do dig the Superman and his cousin and you know those types of things when they're not too kooky. Right. And this one was. Pretty she was, you know, like with the whole ice cream and hot dog. 
like a typical teenager, you know, you could just almost feel the teenageriness being pushed. Yeah. On. You know, I mean, it's right when you hit those 13, 1400 years that, you know, you really start to feel your oats. So um, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Um, so before we go too much further, I do first of all, want to give a huge shout out to Irving of Cartotopia on YouTube. And you should check this tape, this, this guy out. Okay. He has tons of videos about, uh, Wonder Woman and um, Shazam and all of these different things. And he goes through every episode and will, it's like a quick version. Like it's about, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes for each hour long episode. And he'll play a little bit of it. And then he talks to you and he plays a little bit more and he talks to you. And he was, it was very cool when I came back and watched some of his, mm -hmm. just, I did it today as a matter of fact, just to kind of really bone up to be sure. Um, had some really interesting, you know, uh, comments and stuff on it. And so anyway, I want to give Irving uh, his due. And last thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to have this up on the webpage uh, for the show is the liner notes. And you talked about this already. You, you tipped on it. Were the outfits. Fantastic. So many great different outfits. So I've got at least 10 different outfits that she had in her three seasons. Um, so of course she had the original one yep. um, that has the skirt on it, which she only wore in the first episode. And then she takes the skirt off and goes. And before that she was in the Ibiscurian um, warrioress outfit that they use for the, the competition. And then we've already talked about the, the BMX racer. Um, that was on um, the episode that I already listed, and another one called The Murderous Missile. There's when she was the skateboard whiz. Oh, awesome. Uh, another one where she had the, I think it was the Bermuda Triangle Crisis and the Deadly Dolphin. What a name for an episode. Uh, where she's got like and the scuba outfit. Wasn't Mark Helgenberger in that episode? Oh, I don't know. You got me there. I she might. She must have been young. Yes, very, very young. Wow. No, that's cool. I have to look that up. Um, and of course, Fausta, the Nazi Wonder Woman. Yes. She has the, yes. the the gold. And then in when I guess it was actually in the pilot too. When the Queen says she can't compete, she comes back wearing the mask. So that's kind of an outfit. And then you've got Judgment from Outer Space, where she has the super regal uh, cape that she's given. You know, that has all the stars and stripes and everything. Who was the queen in the first episode? In the very first one, it's Cloris Leachman. Yes, yes. Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. That's, yep. that's fantastic. Yep. And then what is probably one of my favorite, which you just told me about, I'm, I've forgotten the whole Roar Rogers thing, uh, is when she was in the Bushwhackers episode. Yes, the and she has the red uh, long sleeve shirt that was still kind of cleavage, you know, and the white pants. And uh, she was just ready to rodeo. Yeah, supposedly Roy Rogers said, I ain't shooting nothing until she gets some damn clothes on. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And when you're Roy Rogers, you can do that. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I bet you he got with his agent after that. Mm. A little upset. Yeah. Yeah. But they did it because he was Roy Rogers. Exactly. You know? Oh, man. Roy Rogers trumps Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one, but I'm not going to go. Oh, next episode, I'm wearing a bikini. <laughs> And can we just like for a minute talk about her waistline? Oh my God. And I don't think she had corsetry or anything. I think that was, 
I don't her, know. She, I mean, she had. I mean, she was the the typical perfect female beauty. Yeah. Uh, of the of the era, you know, and I think people would agree now, you know, that she's just gorgeous. She is. I mean, at the end of 1984, uh, I was like, wow. I mean, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. You know, to see look, her Linda again. Carter, mm-hmm. fabulous, fabulous, sky high. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, her hair in these episodes, except for seance. Um, <laughs> God, there's like another one. I want to say it was maybe the roller coaster one, but it's not feathered, but it's like big, you know? Right. And it was just like, wow. You know, she's, she's just such a, I don't want to just, you know, uh, drip her down to just that, but she's such a beautiful woman, you know, uh, the genes that yeah. she has. And, uh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, Whew, it's hot in here. Um, <laughs> so I guess now the only thing left for us to do is decide what we're going to do next time. So mm. we're going to have to put our noggins together. Maybe yeah. we'll do our RoboCop for complete disarray first. Mm. Give us some time to, to think about that. But as you know, you're now officially a regular. Woo! Man! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so, for having me. Oh, no. It's my absolute pleasure. And, uh, I also want to thank all of you out there uh, for being uh, a part of the show. And Jen, you really brought it today. You like hopped in your invisible jet and just brought it. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to the show um, and for joining us in this episode. And, you know, if you really like the show, uh, do me a favor, tell somebody about it. Tell five people about it. You don't like it. Yeah. I don't know. Tell somebody you don't like, Uh, (laughs) Yeah, whatever, you know, Um, Spread the word, y'all. Either way, you know. um, And if you could, it's really important uh, for us to grow our listener base. So if you could leave us a review and share our tweets or our Facebook or our Instagram to get more of the word out there, I would love to have just as many guests that want to come on. We can have all these different topics. I've got all of this stuff going. And I am just looking forward to the end of this year and then really cranking it up next year with my brand new HP Omen computer that uh, we just set up in the plastic microphone studios this week that I'll be able to finally start doing some of my own video editing. That's why it didn't happen third quarter, but we're going to push it. So, well, that's it for the episode. T Jen, you're forever in my favor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, And remember folks, It may not be the best, and it may not be the most popular, but if it's your favorite, then that's good enough for us. Thanks for joining us, and have a wonderful day. Wonder Woman.